The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Well, welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and I'm Richard Lawrence, and with me is our producer, Darren Ball, as always, and he really is holding this show together, as I've said many times in the past. Today, we're going to be looking again at an extract. Uh, I say again, we haven't had this particular extract, but it's from the sixth freedom, and this extract is about ascension, of course, and one of the things that the sixth freedom by Mars Sector 6, transmitted through Dr. George King in deep somatic trance over 60 years ago, one of the things this freedom does is to make ascension, I'm not going to say accessible, that would be going too far, but certainly achievable. Uh, Even if we've got a very long way to go, it's there for every one of us to reach. And that is quite a change from a lot of the teachings in the past. They kind of wrap it in mystery. Yes, we've heard of bodhisattvas. Great revelations were made, particularly through theosophy, particularly by Madame Blavatsky, I should say, about the Mahatmas. But how do we get to that state ourselves? That is not really spelt out, certainly in the way it is by Mars Sector 6 in the Nine Freedoms. Now, Always with this particular topic, we have to acknowledge that there are false claims. And there are people who've said they're ascended, and clearly they are not. That's proven. Um, I mean, because if you're ascended, you don't physically die. We can start with that. Uh, It was very fashionable, I would say, about 100 years ago to, certainly in the metaphysical world anyway, to claim to be in contact with an ascended master's. And my view is that many of those claimants really believed they were. They weren't making it up or inventing it. They thought they were. Some didn't, of course. Uh, But it's a very, very rare and extremely advanced person who can maintain a regular, genuine contact with uh, particularly to be a channel for an ascended master. But in the sixth freedom, we get this clear-cut explanation of how one day we can and we will go through this initiation and become ascended ourselves. And that, by the way, I always have to say this, it's not restricted to men because some teachings have suggested it. Far from it, there are male and female ascended masters they come from different races i would say all the major religions and many nationalities so when they reach ascension they're no longer limited by race or nationality or any conditioning actually in our materialistic world of course they're not they've transmuted that they've gone beyond that Uh, they all come together as one there aren't vast numbers of them by the way we haven't been given an exact number so i can't say categorically 
but it may be in the hundreds rather than the thousands. I don't know for sure. Uh, when, I'm, when we're talking about ascended masters, the Great White Brotherhood itself, as it's known, includes in its number unascended uh, intelligences as well. But if we're talking strictly about ascended masters, it's certainly not tens of thousands of them. Uh, it's, it's a rare thing. But it's something we can and ultimately will all do. And, of course, please bear in mind that some of those who gain ascension don't stay on Earth anyway. They move on to other planets. So this is not everyone who's ever ascended. This is a selection of those who have ascended who are requested because they have particular abilities, a particular contribution which is needed to stay here on Earth and help humanity. I don't think that's a request that uh, a lot of people would welcome. But they, of course, don't. They don't live for their own choices. They live for the greater good of all and the greater good of the plan. So let's listen to our extract today. I'm going to ask Darren, please, to play that for us now. You can reach inwards a contact the a great a spark of everlasting a divinity there, a manifest a this inner spark in your outer thought and outer action, and so a manipulate your a comic pattern uh, that the higher meditative samadhic states can be mastered at will. Sounds very simple, doesn't it? The higher meditative samadhic states can be mastered at will. But there's a great difference between something being simple and something being easy. But we're told here it all starts when we reach inwards. That's something we actually have to do. And if we don't, sooner or later, we will leave the spiritual path. I mean, I've seen so many people who start out inspired from within, inspired from above. They stop going within. And sooner or later, they drift off because that inner motivation isn't being watered and fed and nurtured as it needs to be. It's no longer the main thing. The main thing is service. All listeners to this show know that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. By that, we mean spiritual service, by the way. Service is a um, misunderstood word, um, and some people see it as a very physical thing. But service also takes place, above all, I would say, at an energy level, a mind level, a love level, not just that physical level. All are important, but we're talking here about spiritual service, and we won't maintain that unless we reach inwards and continue to do so. Now, Mars X explains we have to manifest this inner spark in our outer thought and outer action, and that's something that requires our continual attention, really. You can see why it must happen from a philosophical point of view, because 
We know that as you sow, so shall you reap. But we can also see how it must happen, this, this advancement, this evolution, when we're drawing to ourselves energies through our thoughts and actions, which travel through the psychic channels in our auras called the nadis, which must impact upon our psychic centers, our chakras, and cause a rise of kundalini, which ultimately brings the higher somatic states. And the highest of those, of course, is cosmic consciousness, the fifth freedom. All ascended masters have mastered that state at will. Now, even to Dr. King, and in his lecture in Detroit in 1962, and I'm quoting from it now, he said this, to people who really know anything about samadhi, this seems an impossibility. But you get to the stage, apparently, when you can do this at will. Now, I think that's a very, very modest statement by Dr. King, the fact he would say apparently, because he proved his ability to enter samadhi at will every time he adopted the trans condition necessary to receive cosmic transmissions, like the Nine Freedoms, for example. So he did that, but it is it is rare. I mean, I've never come across any claim, as I've said before, about mediumship that compares to Dr. King's. But I think the key point here, it has to be manifested in our thoughts and actions, not just through inner realization, and that's a big change, and then karma will be balanced, so that not only will we enter these states, we'll be able to control them completely. And I'd just like to add this, that service uh, does help with this. It, it, it helps us to stay on the straight and narrow, even when we develop at a much earlier stage psychic powers. Service is a key thing, as well as going within, which keeps us on the straight and narrow and keeps us uh, going down the right road. And I think that's an amazing thing, though, that whole concept of entering the higher somatic states at will. What do you think, Darren? You know, I think, you know, we say it a lot on the show, but it's such a vital message there for, for all seekers um, in general about this importance of going within, nurturing that light and so that our service can be greater and the expression of the love and realization that is growing within us. But uh, an awesome achievement, I think, you know, the more the more I think about going to the state as will, at will, the more I just think, wow, um, yes, I know he said it's achievable, but it's um, it get, puts into perspective, you know, how amazing these people really are. It certainly does. And this is those who are approaching ascension. They, this is even prior mm. to ascension, just prior, I would say. Mm. So to uh, everybody who's tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, and about Dr. King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And as you know, uh, regulations, we share a question, a moment of truth and experience even uh, with you on every show. So do get in touch with us if you'd like to share something or ask us a question. And that's at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Uh, I've got a question here, Richard, from one of our loyal listeners I know, mm -hmm. and uh, it goes as follows. It says, I sometimes get a little bit caught up with uh, the statements made by the great ones. For example, they say that man was not put on earth to suffer. And, you know, Dr. King tells us that Earth is a classroom and he talks about the profoundness of experience. And in no way am I challenging these, but the nine freedom starts with bravery, love and service, which is wonderful. However, doesn't this learning process entail suffering? How can humans learn and evolve without it? It's a very good question, that, Darren. And, and I think it's a, there's a quite a deep answer because with the master theorists, he can make these statements which seem very simple. And they are simple mm. at one level, but they are very profound. And he there, I believe is talking about our long-term future destiny on Earth. Uh, but mm. as we are breaking free from the limitations 
uh, the falling away from the path which has taken place throughout our lives here. If it hadn't, we'd be ascended by now. Of mm-hmm. course, suffering is part of the path. But I think what the master theorist there is giving us some encouragement. Uh, in fact, you can learn immensely from suffering. And, and I've come across many cases of people who told me they found the path because of either a physical or mental right. crisis in their lives. Sometimes they've right. turned to spirituality because of that. So, yes, it, it's essential for a lot of us to go through this, but not all the time. And what the master theorists are saying it's not the natural order of things. If we were uh, living in accordance with the law, there mm. would be times, of course, we'd feel grief, mainly, I think, for others, because we'd be so advanced, we'd be looking to help others rather than sorting out our own mess, uh, which right. is what we need to do now. But um, where we're at at the moment, the, I think this question is right. I think suffering is a part of it, but it's not the nature of existence. I think also just to add to that, I remember listening to a lecture as well by the master in which he talks about um, joy as a teacher and yeah. um, one that can be as effective for us as as suffering, you know, in the examples that you gave there. Yes, yeah, so like, so, I always uh, remember that uh, statement made by Jupiterian, Jupiter 9-2, that, you know, we weren't, you know, if we wouldn't dip our foot, I think he said it was a foot in a basin of acid, but we do worse than that mm. with our souls. It's, it's kind of self-imposed. We bring it on ourselves. And it's a liberating thought that that is not really what's meant to happen in existence upon Earth. I agree. And I think just your point about, you know, the more that we that we live according to the, the law of karma, um, the more we apply our wisdom in exactly the ways that you've described in the show today, you know, in our um, letting the light within us inspire our outer thought and outer action, the more that we can transmute any of these, any of the experience that may be coming to teach us that lesson in the light of our greater wisdom anyway. That's so true. That's a great note to end on, or end on Darren, which brings us really to our motto of the show, uh, which is service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and here we are joined by Darren Ball. I'm very pleased to say our producer, who will come in later in the show with his question of the week. Uh, we get these excellent questions, wonderful comments still. We really appreciate that it is resonating, at least with some of you, and it's very good to know. So thank you for that. But today, we're carrying on from last time with this wonderful promise made to us in the Sixth Freedom by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. King, that we will achieve ascension, all of us. It's just a matter of how long each one takes to do it. And this is more groundbreaking than we might actually think when you consider it was delivered over 60 years ago. Yes, ascended masters were known about, uh, Mahatmas were known about, Bodhisattvas were known about, the Great White Brotherhood was known about. 
uh, these wonderful men and women who are terrestrial, by the way, they're not interplanetary. They might be joined at times by interplanetary masters, but they are essentially ascended people from this earth. And that's a, a wonderful thing. The Lord Maitreya, Saint Guling, Count Saint Germain, the Master Hilarion, the Master Kuthumi, El Mariah, Swami Vivekananda. Those are just some of the names we know of. There are others from different races. Many of them we don't know their names. They're both sexes and all the major spiritual traditions. Uh, but we are now told, yes, we too can attain this. And this is very liberating. This is freedom. That's why they are called the nine freedoms. Uh, we can get there. Um, and we're told, as we covered this last time, that prior to this uh, stage, they will have mastered those individuals who are ready for this, the higher somatic states at will. And that's a rare thing. I think we might be shocked if we knew just how few people currently on the physical realm of Earth were capable of doing that. Um, it's nice when you do come across, I've just come across someone, I don't want to name him at the moment because I'm looking into him, 20th century yogi, not very, very famous. Uh, I, I love his writings that I've seen so far. And again, they're hard to get hold of. So it's not a big name, um, relatively. But it seems to me at the moment that he could well be someone who uh, attained samadhi at will. Um, and, you know, it's good to find these. Some, of course, we will not hear of. They aren't uh, meant to be public figures. So it does vary, and they'll be from different traditions. But it is sooner or later attainable by us all. And that's very encouraging. So we're going to hear now an extract which continues from where we left off last time and where we go from having attained the ability to enter the higher somatic states at will. Could you please play that for us now, Darren? Then you are approaching ascension. You are then truly climbing the ladder of evolution. For you then become a virtual flame in the darkness, a flame which knoweth its source, a flame which forever pointeth upwards, to that source. So, once we attain samadhi at will, we are approaching ascension. We are truly climbing the ladder of evolution because we're reflecting this inner attainment in our outer thoughts and actions. And we then, as Mars Sector 6 beautifully puts it, become a virtual flame in the darkness. And that's a very accurate description because life in this physical world is determined. I mean, you really don't have to look too far to see this in many respects. I won't say in all respects, but in many respects, by the dark forces. That's just a fact. They spread their conditionings with the financial manipulation, political control, all the things we know of. Um, but one individual who's approaching ascension is a flame in this darkness. And that flame must and does bring massive change to the whole. Um, I think we'd be amazed if we knew just how much 
difference one individual at that stage is making in our world. And such an individual would know, because they are able to know, that they were bringing this change. They're altering the karma, the mind belt of this world, if you like, and the conduct of the whole just by being here in the state they have achieved. And they are, says Mars Sector 6, a flame which knoweth its source. So they no longer rely on belief or faith, both of which are essential to the spiritual aspirant because they have gone beyond those two things. They may still need belief and faith at times, but they've moved beyond that. They know it's no longer an idea. It's no longer a concept. It's no longer even a teaching. God is something they know. They have direct experience. Um, there are some amazing, very scholarly works written about Kundalini, the chakras, the nadis, the pranas, the tattvas, because this is a real science, and they're written by people who've really studied the subject. Sometimes they were writing over 100 years ago. They've gone in great depth into it. Sometimes they've become scholars in Sanskrit. They've learned to do that painstakingly to make this knowledge available to people, and it's very valuable knowledge. But they've also sometimes been honest enough to admit they haven't experienced it themselves, at least beyond a very preliminary stage. And I find something, while I admire their scholarship, a little disappointing about that. Why would you go to such lengths to obtain this information for others and then not use it yourself? Uh, you learn it, but you won't know it. The true practitioner of these advanced yogas who takes it all the way, such as Dr. George King, he's not the only one, but he's a wonderful example of this, is a very rare individual uh, because they've uh, practically applied these things. The sacrifices, the intense practice is way beyond what we might think of as PhD level or, or any other qualification you could think of in terms of mental ability and practical application. And the result, they know, not from study or debate or argument, but from experience. A flame which knoweth its source. A flame which forever pointeth upwards to that source. Dr. King said in his lecture in Detroit on this, and I quote, it means it really then begins to work towards its source in every possible spiritual way, in every aspect of service. That's what forever pointeth upwards, means the inner knowledge of such a person is reflected in their actions, their thoughts, their vibrations, their presence, whether people recognize it or not. And often they don't, by the way. In fact, on this earth, people can be, who've attained these high states, are sometimes attacked with false allegations, smears, are sometimes worse. Why? Because they are a threat to the so-called equilibrium of this world. It's not a clean or pure equilibrium, by the way, because it's balanced on greed, desire, possession, and all the things we know, but it's a certain type of equilibrium, and they are disturbing it. Along comes a spiritual giant, and by the way, they might be physically tiny. Uh, I, I can think of someone who, who might be in that category, but they're a spiritual giant, and even below this stage, uh, they, they can be a threat to the so-called equilibrium, and certain people don't like it, and they don't like them. But these individuals carry on regardless. Why? Because they're putting out the light. They are forever pointing towards their source, 
because they are a virtual flame in the darkness of our world. Wonderful men, wonderful women, wonderful masters, and it's just great. Uh, and a real, uh, it's more than great. It's, it's a very deep and profound gratitude that they are here still on our earth. They don't have to be, but they've chosen to stay here to help us. What do you say, Darren? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And also, you know, um, the, you highlighted there the, the kind of um, something that we kind of miss, you know, it's so obvious in front of our eyes, but we have here in the Nine Freedoms this manual uh, that can take us to ascension and beyond. And, you know, it's it's, it's priceless. It's, you know, we, we beyond priceless that we have such information that can literally take us there. Yes, indeed. True. If you're So if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out uh, more about the Nine Freedoms, more about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And we do share a question, a moment of truth, a comment even from many of you on the show every week. So do get in touch with us at Spiritual Freedom at richardlawrence.co.uk if you have anything that you'd like to share or ask uh, Richard on the show. Uh, Richard, we got a, a comment in a few days ago. Loved it, by the way. I wanted to share it with you here. Yes, please and do. This person uh, goes as follows. They say, thank you so much for your inspirational work. I'm a spiritual seeker and a light worker. I already work with energy, um, for example, Reiki, um, and also other modalities too. What led me to where I am now was my own suffering, looking for external validation and happiness instead of looking within. Spirituality and energy work has helped me tremendously, or perhaps I've been using it to my own advantage and now I'm beginning to share it all with others, and I'd love to expand my service to others as much as I can. I've been seeking to better myself and my life, and now I'm turning more and more towards seeking opportunities to help others too, through individual or through group work. Um, so thank you for everything that you do. It's it's incredibly encouraging and supportive for me on my spiritual path. Well, that's a beautiful message that, uh, Darren, and really appreciated. And I think it's great, you know, when I hear people are doing Reiki, for example, because I remember a time when Dr. King wrote the book, You Too Can Heal, uh, when it was extremely unusual for anyone. In fact, it was so unusual that the uh, spiritualist movement at the time uh, rejected the concept. They wouldn't now. The same the same organizations are now teaching anyone can heal. Mm. But they weren't then. And Reiki wasn't widely known then at all. And it, it's a great thing that many people are doing this. Uh, but what I would say, I think that's a very interesting point made there, Darren, about external validation. Because I, yep. I yep. think people on our, in the world rely upon it. And they go by it. And if they don't get it, they, they, they lose confidence. And this is the mark of the beings we're talking about today, those who are on the verge of ascension, those who contain, can attain the higher somatic states. They don't require external validation. And often they don't mm. get it. They might be attacked. They might be imprisoned. Uh, they, they might be treated abysmally. They have been at times, um, some of them. And yet they know they don't lose their... Uh, if you want to use the word faith, their their mission, their sense of purpose, because they are getting internal validation. And, mm -hmm. you know, the good news is, though, in this day and age, that if you're giving service, spiritual service, you are drawing the energies down through you, consciously or unconsciously. You might be doing something very physical. You might be helping the needy, the poor, the sick. Um, you might be not just helping them physically, you might be radiating your love to them through care, through attention, uh, through company. 
Um, but energies will be flowing through you and those energies will affect your internal system, will go, travel through your nadis, will activate to some degree certain higher chakras. This will happen quite naturally and there's now a correlation between the internal and the external validation. But don't look for it. And, and when you get to more advanced teachings such as the Nine Freedoms, which really are uh, extremely elevated teachings don't look for people to 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 sort of make to to consider them popular go by your internal experiences and that will guide you through fantastic advice i I absolutely agree with everything you've said there the last point i'll make as well just tying into the last show is um, you know this person's talked about here about their own suffering sort of um being one of the sort of triggers for them starting this journey and i think you know we were saying you were saying how you know it can often be that way and uh, and and yet something beautiful has come out of it in terms of this greater expression of spirituality in this you know desire uh, desire to serve others more and more absolutely right and as the greeks used to say learn through suffering that was one of their great sayings and then that, if it leads mm-hmm. to service well we know on this show that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment the spiritual freedom show with richard lawrence where politics is not the answer materialism counts for nothing and spirituality will set you free I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show, and we are still looking at this amazing fact that we will achieve ascension. That one thought alone could change our whole concept of life. It's not a remote thing. It's not something that others did. It's something we can all do, and we've been told how in the sixth freedom of the nine freedoms by Mars Sector 6 through the Somatic trance mediumship of Dr. George King, which he entered at will. And that's a, a key thing in what we're looking at now. When Dr. King entered somatic trance to take these transmissions, he had no memory afterwards of the content of them, no conscious recall of what had been said because he had consumed, or shall we say, transmuted his conscious mind into pure super consciousness. And so, His conscious mind was not active. It wasn't recording the content of it in his memory bank. His entire focus would be on receiving the beam of thought transmitted to a particular chakra within him and maintain a complete purity of reception, not on what was actually being said in that thought beam. And if he allowed his conscious mind into it, he probably would have altered the content And so would, of course, his subconscious mind, which is the storehouse of memory, if he allowed that to influence his state of being. It's really quite something to be so advanced that you can enter the high somatic states at will. It's very rare, but it is attainable. 
And that, according to Mars Sector 6, is when we become what he called a virtual flame in the darkness. So let's continue with this by looking at the uh, next extract from where we left off in the last show. And this is from The Sixth Freedom by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. King. And it's about this flame. I'll ask our producer, Darren, to play this extract, please. A flame which gaineth energy from itself, a flame all transmuting, all vibrant, all living, all light, a flame which cannot be extinguished, a flame which burneth a brightly a despite all environment, all pressing condition. That is the terrestrial individual, maybe a man, maybe a woman, maybe of any race or any religious background or spiritual tradition uh, who is on the verge and ready for ascension or is approaching ascension is I think the term Mars Sector 6 used. A flame which gaineth energy from itself, a flame all transmuting, all vibrant, all living, all light, a flame which cannot be extinguished, a flame which burneth brightly despite all environment, all pressing condition. You know, I was once told uh, by uh, Dr. King that the uh, six adepts, and this was just told to me verbally, in, in a place called The Retreat in, in North Devon, near Holston Down, for those who know it, um, where he had a residence at the time. And he just told me quite casually, he said, you know, the adepts don't use the word circumstance. Uh, they don't believe in it. They only believe in prevailing conditions. And that was quite a key to me because it showed their attitude. They will not be limited by whatever the environment, whatever the pressing conditions, as the Marxist calls it, around them. And there's a good lesson there. Now, according to Raja Yoga, as taught by Swami Sivananda, for example, and other great yogis, going back to Sri Patanjali, when samadhi takes place, the meditator, the object of their meditation, and the process of meditation, the mental process, if you like, are merged into one. There's no longer a distinction between these three. There is only one thing. In concentration or dharana, you have all those three things going on. They're all present. In contemplation or dhyana, used to be called meditation, you move beyond the process of concentration. You have two of those three still present, the contemplator and the object of their contemplation are still present. But in meditation, which as far as Dr. King was concerned, is samadhi, your ego is transmuted. The only thing present then is the object of your meditation or the result of that meditation. You know it completely, not only the mind, but the very essence or purpose of whatever you choose to meditate upon. There's one stage higher than that. That's cosmic consciousness. Some have called that Nervikalpa samadhi, you know, they break samadhi down into many states, some teachers. Uh, some have called it seedless samadhi because the last vestige or seed of consciousness has then been transmuted into pure superconsciousness without ego or even mind. 
being present. And such a one then, we're told, becomes that which he chooses to focus on. He's part of the cosmos as a whole. And all this can be attained, not, and this is a key thing, not just when the mood is right, the atmosphere, the location are just right for it, but at any time, regardless of environment, at will. That's the caliber of human being, terrestrial human being, which is being referred to by Mars Sector 6 as this flame in the darkness. Uh, it gains energy from itself. In other words, the individual isn't dependent on any other source. We had a great question last time about external validation. I think that's a very good phrase because I think so many people on Earth, and if we're honest at times, all of us, rely far too much on that. But these intelligences, these people, advanced people, but still people, they don't rely on that. Uh, they gain an energy from itself. This individual isn't dependent on another source of energy. It's one thing to gain even a lower state than samadhi in a beautiful environment, a holy place of pilgrimage. A great thing to do, by the way. I would encourage it. But there you're going to an energy source. It's another thing to do it in a busy city where the vibration around you is contrary to the direction you're going in. It's hostile. It's basic. It's materialistic. But if you gain energy from yourself, that's the divine presence within us all, those things won't deter you, and they certainly can't stop you. A flame which is all transmuting, all vibrant, all living, all light. Uh, whether people come into contact with such an individual, know it or not, their very presence will transmute basic thinking. The vibrant energy they exude actually strangely probably won't be as detectable to an ordinary person uh, because it's so high, as, say, a, a charismatic politician or entertainer. Uh, their magnetism, whether you like it or not, is probably quite easy to detect because it's not so high. But a master of this calibre could change you without you even knowing it, consciously. As Liao Tzu once said, and I think this is a wonderful thing, that the greatest leader is the one when the people change and they think they did it themselves. Tao Te Ching, wonderful. A flame which cannot be extinguished. Now that's very important because attempts will be made. I'm going to say will be made directly and directly to extinguish this light from uh, from from existence or from from the sphere therein. And there are there are examples I could give a few who have really been attacked and they try to prevent them. Uh, attaining enlightenment. Certainly Sri Aurobindo, I, I don't know what state he reached, but he said that. Padmasambhava, definitely back in the 8th century, who took uh, Buddhism to Tibet, he said that. The Yogi Milarepa in the 10th century in the Himalayas, he said that. But one who's entered Samadhi at will is a flame which cannot be extinguished because they will overcome all the obstacles in the way. A wonderful thing. Uh, and I think it's a very inspiring thing, a flame which burneth brightly despite all environment, all pressing condition. What say you, Darren? Uh, thanks, Richard. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, that, that, that last message there is so inspiring about, you know, how overcoming every obstacle in the path and the quest for spiritual enlightenment, even ascension here. But I think one of the passages that really stood out to me is the way this flame is described as all transmuting. 
because we were um, right. reminded of a quote by Dr. King recently, in which he says, the greatness of a person is measured by the degree to which they evolve everything they come into contact with. I Absolutely. Think that's... Yes, good point. So in yeah. the spirit of what you're saying there. Mm. But if you're tuning in for the first time, um, you can find out more about The Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, who gave these teachings, and Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And as always, we share a question, a comment, an experience, or even you know, a moment of truth from you on every show. And uh, do get in touch with us. Do share it with us. We'd love to share it with, with everyone here. You can write to us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So I've got a short question and a comment here today. Uh, well, a comment and a question here today, Richard. Um, I don't know if this person got this from our teachings or not, but in any case, they're, they're really on to it with this question, I would say. Um, but they start in this way. A big thank you to everyone on the Spiritual Freedom Show for reaching out to the ordinary man on his eternal quest to find his place in life and know his destiny. Well done. Then he goes on to the question. At some point, it's very possible an extraterrestrial being will come to Earth openly. What is stopping this next master coming to Earth to prepare those people who've got a chance of making it and those who may have raised their vibrations sufficiently so that only the people left here will be those who are willing and able to live in harmony with the Mother Earth? Um, well, that's a great question, I must say. And it's um, it could be answered very simply in one word, which is karma. But I'd mm. like to sort of elaborate on that more. Um, these individuals, these intelligences behind the cosmic plan for our world, they understand us far better than we understand ourselves. They know the optimum time for such a coming because the point is this. When this intelligence does come, and, it, and they will, and when they come openly and they prove themselves to all people, which will happen then the karma will be very, very different and much more mm. severe for those who reject them. And I'm afraid some will reject them, even after they've given uh, their proof. Uh, and that is known. And so although there are some of us who, from a selfish point of view, you might say, would love that coming to take place today, um, for the benefit of the humanity as a whole, uh, it may not be in the best interests uh, of, of of humanity as a whole because it would cause mm. immediate sorting, uh, which was also prophesied, and uh, people would be accountable for how they responded. And so that's all known. It's all taken into account, as is the wish and the uh, requirements of Mother Earth, which is another factor of, of great complexity in determining this timing. But I would say for the majority of humanity, in some ways, the later the better. Uh, mm. But that isn't the only factor, humanity, because the Mother Earth is a, is a more important one even than humanity. Yeah, I think um, you know we have this opportunity now to prepare everybody to do what to work obviously to help as many people as possible to be prepared for this moment and um you know this opportunity is for us to to manipulate karma as you say to raise the consciousness of of humanity on a massive global scale so that when this time comes as it will do in future that as many people as possible which is our aim have the opportunity to go into the new age together with the mother earth and it's very relevant to the spiritual freedom show because these teachings Hopefully. the nine freedoms were really given in the light of the coming new age and that's what the next master's coming will herald basically the coming mm. new age and we've got them early you might say we've got them now <laughs> that may be yeah. through the grace of dr george king by the way 
Uh, I can't mm. say that dogmatically, but it wouldn't surprise me. So we have these great advanced teachings, primarily for the adepts in the new age now to act upon. That's one of the reasons they're so advanced, but still very understandable. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this particular show again. And we end, as we always do end, with this wonderful quote, our motto, the Ethereum Society motto as well, I should say, service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And of course, we are joined by our producer. Well, we're more than joined. He organizes it. Darren Ball. And he'll be coming to us later in the show, as he always does, with his question from one of our listeners or his experience from one of our listeners. I must say, people do love those, by the way. So please keep them coming in. Uh, They really, I mean, they're completely real. I don't even know which question or point he's going to make before he makes it on this show. And that means we are responding actually live to these very interesting questions and comments and experiences. So thank you very much for that. And we've been looking at this really heartwarming fact that we will achieve ascension. Not we might, as Dr. King might say, not maybe, no ifs, no buts, we will. And this is one of the most encouraging, the most positive messages we've ever been given. And you might remember from the last three shows we've been covering, this is the last in this particular series of shows, We Will Achieve Ascension. We've discovered uh, that the ascending individual is likened by Mars Sector 6 to a flame, a virtual flame in the darkness. And he's made many comments about that flame, a couple of which are, it gains energy from itself. Another one, it cannot be extinguished. And this is very important, I think, for us all, even at our much lower level than ascension, uh, maybe even more so because we come across people who are opposed to what we're doing. We also, and this is another thing, have people who are on the spiritual path and drift off it. And not because they disbelieve it. They just get caught up in materialism, in other areas of their life, And this can be undermining if they're a close friend, a close associate, someone you've been traveling the path with. And that's when even we at our level have to draw energy from ourselves and not allow the flame to be extinguished, even by other people's example, uh, other people's lack of interest and other people's opposing thoughts, which do come along. Now, there's no easy way. But we can avoid some of the pitfalls and unnecessary diversions from the path because those cause greater suffering in the end. So it's up to us. And the nine freedoms, which are at the very core of this show, as all this regular listeners know, they spell out that path. Bravery, love, service, enlightenment, cosmic consciousness 
and the sixth freedom, which we're now looking at, ascension. And it's amazing that this flame that uh, Mars Sex 6 uses, of course, is, is about a someone who is approaching ascension and has mastered the higher states of samadhi at will before they even ascend. And that does seem like a remote concept, but again, we're told this is attainable by us, and it's not some sort of trick that you perform. It's something that comes along the way, we're told. And then one moves into ascension. Now, these new uh, age teachings have brought a change in how we go about attaining samadhi in these days. It's no longer eliminating mental activity or mind so that we enter super consciousness, which is in its fullness anyway, beyond mind. It's now about illuminating all mental activity or mind, transmuting it into pure super consciousness. And we do that through service, spiritual service in all its forms as opposed to detachment, dispassion, or to use the Sanskrit word, veragya, to bring a transmigration from mind to spirit. In these days, detachment's still necessary, it's essential, but it's no longer the whole story. And here's a key point, it has its limits. Uh, we should detach to a certain point, but we shouldn't detach from our higher selves, from our intuition, from our compassion, uh, we shouldn't detach from the suffering of others, as some yogis did, by the way. That would, is wrong. And certainly it's wrong now anyway. And as Dr. King demonstrated, we should definitely not detach from the suffering and the sacrifice of the Mother Earth. Now, the Master Jesus brilliantly describes what we need to do in these days in his third blessing, Blessed are they who love. And he says this, and I quote, Theirs is the difficult task of transmutation of the base energies into that state of energy you call love. So instead of detaching from anger or greed or another basic impulse or emotion, we redirect the energy behind it into service and transmute it with love. For example, through healing and prayer. And love energy causes an unforced rise of Kundalini towards higher chakras every time we serve others for no personal reward in any way, sometimes including very practical and physical ways of service, which are also essential. After all, you can't pray in a temple unless someone's built that temple, paid for that temple, made it available and functional for people to attend. So every volunteer who works hard in any way to keep that temple open is just as important to the love energy being radiated from it as the people praying inside. And some, of course, will do both because, as Mars Sector 6 said in his cosmic message of divine opportunity in 1964, and I quote, to work in a spiritual way is good, to pray in the right way is good, but to work in that way and pray in this way is perfect. So let's come now to our extract for today. It's again from The Sixth Freedom, delivered by Mars Sector 6 through Dr. King, who did enter somatic trance at will to receive this and every cosmic transmission and this gives us a very in interesting insight into those who attain ascension so darren would you please play this for us now as such a one as this has a great auric a field around themselves 
a form. They have no aura. A such a one as this, a transmutes all energies onto those planes a which can then be attacked by others less evolved and used thereby helping all life streams upon a terror. Amazing revelation that, isn't it not? Such a one has such a great auric field around themselves that they have no aura. They don't need one because they've mastered completely all mind appertaining to the evolutionary cycle of Earth. They've left the cycle of reincarnation. What a brilliant statement. They transmute all energies onto those planes or frequencies to be tapped by others, less evolved than them, to be used by ordinary people who are not ascended rather than having their own individual aura, as we all do, us unascended ones, uh, they don't need this. Their karma doesn't require it. What a freedom. They're not limited by terrestrial karma and our own individual auras, which are our physical bodies, by the way, are only a reflection of our auras. It's not the other way around. These flames in the darkness have moved beyond that. That's why a flame is such a brilliant description of what they are. Dr. King explained they brought even their auric bodies into themselves and thereby they have such colossal and tremendous energy that they could, if they chose, blow a mountain out through thought alone. They wouldn't, of course, unless there was a very, very good cosmic reason for that. So we can see why it was so essential for these ones to have attained and mastered Samadhi at will to bring that control over the colossal powers which come to them as ascended masters. In fact, Dr. King summed it up brilliantly when he said they transmuted the auric envelope into a dynamic, usable energy force. What say you about that, Darren? How's your auric envelope this day? <laughs> well, I think after, after hearing that, I'm sorry to say that I've still got one. So, you know, some work, some work, just, some work to do there. You're not the only but, uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I think that statement by Mars 66 is a res revelation, as you say, you know, one more outstanding quality of these great masters that we can all aspire towards, of course. Indeed. So um, everybody, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, about Dr. George King by visiting our website, aetheriusorg um, ethereus.org. You can also find out more about the 12 blessings, one of the quotes that Richard read there. Um of course, we share a moment of truth, a question from you in every show. Uh, so do get in touch with us at Spiritual Freedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Uh, we do love your experiences too, as Richard said. And in fact, today I have an experience that I'd like to share with all of you. Um, a breakthrough, in fact, that someone had, which which gave me great joy to read, actually. And I'm, I'm very happy to read it here today. So it goes as follows. Uh, this person says, hello, thank you, thank you for this practical demonstration. I think they were responding to um, a practice that we did recently in one of our shows. And they said, this, as you know, is not the first time that I've felt the universal energy run through me. But today, there was a subtle difference. I realized that I can increase or decrease the flow, like turning on and turning off a tap. I turn the tap full on, my breathing gets less even, and my neck and shoulders start to tense up. 
If I turn it back to a trickle, then I start to slump in the chair and I feel sleepy. I liken it to the Goldilocks story. It has to be just right. My thinking is that the pra- with practice, I'll be able to steadily increase the flow, i.e. manage more power. Before today, I imagined that the energy changed, like the wind. But now I understand that it is my state of mind and physical fitness that fluctuate. Love does not. So obvious and something that I already knew academically, but had not translated that knowing through my physical structure. Now the importance of concentration or stilling my mind has been taken to a whole new level. And I'm reminded of the second blessing in which the Master Jesus says, Thrice blessed are the searchers who have found and left and given of their very heart to man so that he may see, and seeing know, and knowing act, and acting become that which he should be. Absolutely beautiful, uh, Darren. What a great experience. And I, I think there's a big lesson here, because sometimes, you know, it's like responding to an emergency, um, you know, in the, at a physical level. Uh, and someone, you know, an ambulance driver, or whoever it might be, paramedic, uh, they have to go there then. It doesn't matter what mood they're in. It doesn't matter what's going on elsewhere in their life. It doesn't matter mm. whether they're tired. It doesn't. They've got to then go and do that and save someone's life, probably. And it's the same sometimes with healing. We can't wait for everything to be just right. And prayer. And as far as Dr. King's concerned, praying for two hours a day isn't very much at all in the tw- out of 24. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we have to keep it going. And this person is is really obviously making tremendous progress. In a way, they're on a, you know, it's not samadhi, but they're bringing into being this idea of doing a practice at will. And not mm-hmm. necessarily when we're in the right mood, all things are right, the astrology is right, the moon's in the right place, etc., etc. No, you've got to do it when it's needed, and it's needed all the time. So that's a great one, Darren, I think. Yeah, no, and a great parallel to draw there about being able to do something at will with those examples you gave. Mm. Um, and I agree, you know, it gave me great joy to read this because this person is obviously making progress in their spiritual practices yeah. and having, you know, deeper and more rewarding experiences. And I think, um, you know, an example of, you know, something I'm sure you've said in one of your books that, it, you know, it's personal experience that is really the key to understanding, you know, psychic development or things like this. And must say it's true, you know, in this case with this person, certainly. Yes, because, you know, Master Theory has said about the Nine Freedoms that over the centuries we will adopt these teachings they're not mm. theories they're not for a philosophical seminar uh you could have a wonderful i mean i'd love it myself but what they are above all else is something practical that we do they are living things and we can apply them and as we're trying to show on this show darren even the higher freedoms for the high beings the interplanetary beings and the solar beings even there are lessons we can learn in the here and now Absolutely. Uh, a manual we can continue to study for, for <laughs> hundreds, if not thousands of years, not millions of years to come. Yeah, and they do it and, they've, and, and they demonstrate it. And we're going to move on, uh, actually, in the next show. We'll be looking at these more advanced intelligences, the Saturnians, and we'll move even towards the Solar Lords and look at their incredible example. And they live what we're told to live. They add, demonstrate. You've only got to look at the sun and you can see that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.